Shimo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey folks, it's Simo and welcome to our Moot Rocket interview series and today I'm actually chatting with Ross Newmov. How you going mate? Good, good Simo, good. How are you mate? Very well, very well. It's fantastic to actually have you on this. I'm actually a real fanboy of your 1955 Chevy which we'll be talking about a little later but I really wanted to get started with you and just talk about your car history. I know you're a similar age to us. What are you, a 75 model? 74. 74, okay, yeah, VJ, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, exactly, HQ, Okay. first car. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, well that worked out well, didn't it? So, you hail from country Victoria now, but you're yeah. a sunny a sunny coast kid, aren't you originally? Yeah, that's right, yeah, I grew up, um, I was actually born in Melbourne, but my folks moved up to the sunny coast when I was four, and that was uh, about 78, so I yeah. um, grew up there for, um, oh look, it was probably a, a good uh, 25 years or so, yeah, before moving back to Melbourne 15 odd years ago. I don't know if my maths is right, but something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And what was the <laughs> what was the big shift to Melbourne? Just a change of scenery, or what was the go there? Yeah, look, I, I, I guess um, back at, like the sunny coast back in the day was it was pretty it was pretty laid back. I mean, I guess it still is, but in terms of I've always been into cars and just where I was sort of heading in life and my interests, um, Melbourne was a lot more. Um, of interest to me like i'd go read through you know the magazine street machine and you know custom rotter and all of that vans and trucks and i'd see a lot of cars from you know victoria and i'd, I'd come and see my my uh, family down here yeah and yeah. um you know i'd see a car with like some sort of little bonnet scoop or some mags and I'll, in, in melbourne that is and i'd be like oh wow um whereas <laughs> in the sunny coast you just wouldn't see anything like that at all Oh, and, you know, Queensland, our laws were as tight as a fish's ass up until about 1998. And, you know, you couldn't even run different size wheels and tyres back then as far as front to rear, like pre-98. So we kind of grew up very sheltered, I think, to the rest of the country as far as cool car mods go. You never used to see even, like, auto drags or anything. Yeah, no. so... Yeah, that's right. And, and look, you know, I, I know the scene is pumping hard now. It's great. Like, it's, it's awesome. I've got a, a lot of friends up there, and um, it's just evolved so... It's so different, and if it was sort of the same back then as to what it is now, it would have been different. And yeah, so look, you know, it's just it's like like anything, things change, and um, still a great place, of course. You know, like I mean, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I didn't move away because you know everyone actually always asks me, you know, like the sunshine and f- fantastic lifestyle there. Hey. Yeah, oh, for sure. And look, it's always amazed me that Queensland, even with its tight registration laws, we produced some of the coolest cars through the 80s with the whole Beechamps and, you know, Wayne Pagels and Greg Carlson's. It's like a, yeah. it's like an oxymoron, isn't it? It just doesn't seem to be quite right that those awesome cars came out of the world's tightest state as far as car modifications go. So anyway, That's yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that would have been perfect. Growing up on the Sunshine Coast in the 70s and 80s, I, I can't imagine there'd be anything less than an idyllic childhood. Yeah, no, it was good, mate. And actually, I, I, um, when you mentioned that, I remember going to um, to Brisbane. Uh, there was a car show on there once a year, and I, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a big car show for Brizzy, and they used to do some oh, some cool posters. It, look, you, you'd know it, but I, I can't remember the name of it. Was it, it was big... the Launton Power Nats? 
It was indoor. I don't think so. It wasn't in Launceston. Okay. It was actually right in the city near oh, where the air car. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it would be the Brisbane Hot Rod and Street Machine Spectacular. It was held that's at the it. RNA. Yep. That's yeah. it. That's it. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, you know, every year I'd go to that and I'd just take my analog camera and just take a heap of snaps. But there were actually some really cool cars there, of course, uh, like in that whole Brisbane scene that um, I think a lot of people don't really realise as well, you know. Yeah, my dad took me there, I think, early 80s, about 81 or 82, and that's where I first saw Leon Harris's Mr. Damage XB panel van and was just blown away. And it was just yeah, panel sure. vans for me forever after, I guess, from that. But you alluded yep. to an HQ earlier on. What was was that actually your first car, like your first car build? What's the story there? Yeah, it was a, a HQ four-door Monaro. It was a, it was just a pretty stock thing. I was, look, I was working a couple of jobs and just trying to save every penny to buy my first car and. I was sort of looking at my parents didn't want me to get a V8, but so I was sort of, you know, I was sort of saying to them, well, I'll just get like a hot six charger or I'll get like a rotary or something, you know, I was just yeah. trying to play that card. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, look, you know, like, I was, yeah, I had fortunate uh, parents to allow me to, to buy uh, a V8, and uh, which was a 308 four speed. And yeah, just a, it was, looked it was just, and back then, you know, HQ four doors were, you know they weren't really you didn't you wouldn't look twice at them you know what i mean and even really the two doors to be honest but uh it was what i could afford yeah and uh just sort of bought that and just slowly worked on it for um for many years i ended up uh, putting a 400 small block in it oh nice um yeah it was actually behind the i couldn't afford to get a good gearbox so i still had the m21 and well obviously they're not the, the strongest boxes for big motors and um but i'm like that's all i can afford so i put a, bought this conversion that cost me a heap of money uh yeah that uh bolted the small block into the into the four speed so i drove that around for a while had a bit of fun with that yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. You, you could have always told your parents they had a 253 and then they probably wouldn't have thought it was a real V8 anyway. That's right. Yeah, true. Uh, that's What's not that? true. Come on. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's going to be sending me hate mail. Tough 253. But, and the fact <laughs> is the thong slap is like, you know, going against the grain there. But it is it is that whole thing of the fuel economy of a V8 with a power of a six-cylinder or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Fun so, games, hey? Definitely. And how, like, where did you go with your car purchases and your projects after the HQ? Like, how did you get to where you are now with your 55? Oh, look, I guess uh, it's a hard question, really. I think it was just, well, I've had a heap of cars over the years, and I don't know, I just tend to buy a car and sell it, and not just, to, not, not to make money or anything like that, but, you know, you'd see, growing up, I'd see all these different cars, and, you know, you want them all, right? I mean, I... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've had a, you know, Chrysler by Chrysler and, you know, heaps of E-dubs and, you know, HK Premier that I actually, uh, you know, built up as well. That was like a 12-second car. And I don't know. I sort of would never keep them for that long, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. The older you get, the more sort of I've been sort of holding on to the, you know, the, a car or two and just sort of concentrating more on, I guess, the build of it rather than sort of getting bored with it or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And would you have any cars like amongst the years that you'd regretted selling? Like, is there anything that you wish you could have back? Oh, look, that Chrysler, the Chrysler was a really, really sweet car. It was just like Grandpa original, 360 auto and impeccable, you know, beige interior. It was just a really beautiful car. And yeah, that I actually do regret selling that. Yeah, that was a beautiful car. Look, and nothing pro pegs as good as a Chrysler by Chrysler with a 360. They're just the perfect spin-em-up, one-wheeler machine. 
Oh, mate. I used to go to work in that thing. Like, I was working in Sydney at the time. Yeah, you're so right. And I just pull up with a um, – I was working doing some directional drilling, actually, and uh, you'd pull up and a few of the boys would just – yeah, you just sort of – you know, you sit there before you take off after work. You just light – they would light them up so easy, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And made me feel like the biggest legend, you know? It's just the little skinnies. <laughs> Oh, I love it though. That's that's definitely the go. And I've had friends who've had those things over the years, and it's that exact same thing. It's just like driving on butter, isn't it? Those things <laughs> just is. bag up. Just that one wheel smoky. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, such a comfortable car too. Yeah, yeah. And and look, moving on to your fifty five. I will actually, I know I've put photos of it on our Instagram page at the Thong Slappers before, but following on from when we release this, I'll put some more pictures up. Do you want to talk us through the style of the build? And I've got to say, like I said, I'm a fanboy of your car. I love it. It's a real 60s build style. But the thing that impresses me the most, besides the fact it's just like tough as fuck, it's really cool. And you've, your vision for the build, it's just period perfection. Like, how did this all come about? Like, how did you go from having HQs and HK premiers and rotaries and whatever to building this yeah thanks mate look I, I guess it probably when i think back and i haven't thought about this before until you've asked me this question it probably goes back to oh, 2014 or 15 i think it was um, yeah i was at in, in the states over in la and i went to this little car show and there was this guy vic young who owns a, a gasser willie's he actually owns about three gases but he had this uh willie's gasser called bad news three i think it is yeah. I'd be wrong there. And yeah, I, I was just like, I've always been into gases and always, you know, just, yeah, th- th- there's just always something about them. I mean, drag racing's always been a big passion of mine, nostalgic and sort of period style drag cars. And uh, yeah, I just started chatting to him and he was a really, really nice guy, really friendly, just happy to talk about his car. And, and he looked, he invited me back to, to see his other cars like the next day. And yeah, and, and, and another guy as well kiwi kev he's like oh, i've got this friend of mine who you, you'd probably like to see his stuff as well his name's kiwi kev and i've been following him for years and i'm like oh no way kiwi <laughs> kev. and he's like and you know he, because he's not on instagram or anything like that so you know he's a bit of an older uh, chap so uh yeah i look he took me back went back to his place with a, another mate of mine that i was traveling with at the time and uh we checked out he had a 55 as mm. well that was a real period gas car and uh, i guess it just all sparked from there and i i guess it was a couple of years ago i started you know actively looking for a, a 55 two-door and i sold a i had a truck that i brought over from the states and then i sold and i had look i had the cash in my bank from that sale and i thought look you know before i spend it or before i'm not allowed to uh spend it with my, <laughs> <with> my missus <laughs> i've got a I've got to grab something, you know. So uh, yeah, I started looking. I started looking then. Yeah. So how did you find the car? Did you bring it in from the states as well, or was it sort of something you sourced locally? Like being a two door, it's not exactly a super common body style in Australia either, is it? No, it's not. And um, as it turned out, it's it's a, a model that I actually not, I didn't know existed. So it's a uh, 150 sedan utility is the is what they called it, right? Um, which means that it's actually got no back seat from factory. Oh geez, uh, okay. What's what's the deal with that? Is that like salesman or what's the story there? Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, it's it's like the Belmont of the Belmont sort of thing, you know. I had no frame <laughs> trim from factory. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like complete just bog stock model, you know, six cylinder, no trim at all, no back seat. And a lot of them were trashed because they were obviously, you know, used and abused by salesmen. And uh, But a lot of them were used, they were sought after because they were cheap and they were light or a lot lighter than like your Bel Airs and stuff. So Yeah, okay, yeah. A lot of them are used for gases because of that reason back in the day. Unknowns to me, I, I didn't actually know that at the time, but I actually found this 55 on eBay and I'm, it's actually quite a funny story behind it do you want me to tell you the story you i want definitely with... want to hear this story oh sorry just quickly first yeah so a, a 210 is that basically a 150 but with seats front and rear and that sort of thing a little bit more sort of a family type car is that the difference between a 150 and a 210 yeah that's right yeah okay. a little bit extra you know trim and uh back seat and probably a radio and things like that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> good yeah. yeah sorry mate you know definitely want to hear this ebay story this is going to be good if it's had to deal with americans and buying cars <laughs> yeah you know it you know it. <laughs> i'd been looking for a while found this car saw it on ebay looked, you know heaps of photos blah blah, blah and, and, and looked great it looked exactly what i was after so i contacted the guy as you do and i said you want to sell it off ebay he's like no nah. i'm like okay cool so and like you said you know they can be interesting to deal with, you know, sometimes Americans and uh, no disrespect. I've got a lot of friends that are, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just different. You know, so anyway, it didn't sell on, on the, after the auction and I called him up at like two o'clock or something like that in the morning and um, yeah. our time. And I'm like, so uh, basically he knew who I was and I'm like, you know, do a deal on the car. So we arranged a price and uh, he goes, yep, no problem. And I said, okay, cool. All right. And, you know, and he goes, well, you, you've got to pick it up. You've got to pay cash and you've got to pick it up. Oh, Drive my it God. Away. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm in Australia. He's like, yep. And I'm like, I, 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 you know, okay, like, you know, can I get, I'll, I'll organize a friend, or, you know, to come and uh, pick it up and give you cash. And he's like, no, nah, you know, basically, if you want the car, you've got to pick it up yourself. And you've got As to in cash. personally, you have to be in America to get the car. <laughs> yep. And I've got to drive it away. Oh, and, man. And I'm like, shit, like, fuck, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, you know, and all these things instantly roll through your head, like flights and costs and wife and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? So I got off the phone and I, you know, spoke to the missus and I'm like, you know, and he goes, she's like, well, you know, she she sort of knew, you know. So basically, coming it like, long story short, I booked a flight that that night and um, basically just, you know, bit of bullshit with work and then I just flew over right for pretty much the next over the next probably week, maybe I guess it was. Yeah. So anyway, I get to I get to Las Vegas because that's where he lives, and he picks me up. He actually, so he, he goes, all right, look, I'll pick you up from Circus Circus at seven a.m. You know, excellent well, Saturday morning. Let's say. I think it was Saturday morning actually. I'm like, cool. He goes, if you're not there at seven a.m., I'm just going to keep on going. I'll be in the fifty-five. And I'm like, all right. Oh so I'm there man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like there at fucking six o'clock a.m. You know, just you know, a bag. And the thing is too, like I've got all this cash strapped to me like a bloody like a bloody bomber, right? Because, it's, you know, like, uh, uh, I had to get all these Australian dollars converted to American, and, I had to, and I'm like, well, what do I do? If I carry it in a bag, I'm probably going to fucking lose the bag. So, like, I'll strap it around my, you know, I don't even want to get robbed or anything. Yeah, like yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm standing there, anyway, on uh, in the morning at uh, Circus Circus. Anyway, sure enough, he comes along, and the car rocks up in the 55, and uh, jump in the car and off off we go. And I'm, you know when you know too. As soon as I looked around in the car and I'm talking to him, you, you sort of know it's you, you get that feeling whether it's uh, the right thing, you know, the right purchase or not. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, instantly I'm like, sweet, you know, this is a good car. But then I also thought, fuck, like, what am I doing? Like, this guy could take me. He's a big. He wasn't a big guy, but just mean looking dude. 
Yeah, he just sounds like a lot of hard work. I reckon it would have been easier probably tapping the prom queen than actually trying to source this deal. Like, man, he sounds like hard work. It was really hard work. It was. So, you know, and I'm thinking, like, this guy's going to take me out to the desert or something. He knows I've got a crush on me. Like, what have I done? Yeah. So I go back to his place, and uh, and this is the Saturday morning. So he pulls up in his driveway. We jump out the car. I start looking around the car, and he starts telling me about the car. Because he's had this car for, like, 20 years, and he's built it up from an absolute shell, from yeah. nothing. Yeah. And I and then I started asking him a couple of questions, and he's like, no questions. He said, I'll talk. I'll tell you about the car. You oh, my God. Questions at the end. And I'm like, all right, righty-o, mate. No worries. So he's, he, go, he goes around, it like, tells me about everything about the car and I'm thinking shit I want to start writing this down because there's a lot of information anyway so it looked look cutting along it's actually quite a long story so we, he the whole day I spent with him uh he got a couple of deck chairs we're sitting in his garage he, he, he offered me some coffee some cookies his wife came out said good day and we're just sitting there and he's talking about life asking me about my life and my wife and you know kids whatever and and I'm just thinking look I just want to get this deal done now, you know, like it's enough's enough. And anyway, it was this, the sun was sort of like, it was in the afternoon by this stage. And I'm like, right, okay, well, how do you want to go? Do you want to, do you want to deposit? And he's like, I haven't worked out whether I'm going to sell you the car yet. Oh my God. <laughs> no shit. Hey. So hang on. Um, you've been with this guy since seven o'clock in the morning and now yeah. the sun's setting. So you've yeah. been literally with him all day. Yeah. Like, yeah. All, right. All okay. Day. In his garage. And look, you know, mind you, it was fun as well as, as frustrating because he's telling me about the car and he's actually the, as it turned out, he's like this Tri-5 guy in Las Vegas. So if you're looking for an obscure bolt or screw or a little wire part, like an original part of a Tri-5, he'll have it. Um, right. So he's fully OCD in his garage. He's got all these boxes with everything numbered and named, you know. So fun in here. There was like these, you know, Tri-5s rocking up. You know, this uh, chick rocked up in this cool 57 and got this little part and sitting there going, wow, this is cool. But really hard work at the same time, you know. And, and then at the end, his brother called. He got this phone call. And because after he said that, I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, like I'm just doing my head in. Like, is he serious? Is he just playing with me? Oh man, look, I'm I'm actually hosting this interview, but I'm actually speechless. So my apologies. No, it's not, that's not right. a good combination. Well, this is no, just, it'd be doing my head in. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> it was. Hey, it was. And then he got this phone call, and and it was his brother, as it turned out. And he said to his brother on the phone while I'm there, he goes, "Shall I sell it to him?" And uh, and then he's and then I'm sort of like, you know, I gave him like I gave him a smile, and he's like, "Yeah, alrighty, go." So look, you know, he he, he was. Fucking with me, but he was also, but he, man, he, I was, I was like, in, I was intimidated, you know, like because I've travelled halfway across the world with all this money. I don't know this guy. He's really, really serious and you know, like scary. And I'm like, you know, I just didn't know how to handle it. No, agreed. And, and especially if he'd said, "Oh, I don't want to sell it," it'd be like, "Well, thanks, mate. I've just spent thousands of dollars flying over here to buy this car at your at your direction as yeah, well." Yeah. Totally. And the thing is, what the thing with with Gerald was that he didn't give a fuck about like that was the price or this was his terms and that was it. Like there was mm. no there was no budging. So 
so anyway that that afternoon like i'm like yep cool and you know what the funny thing is i said okay you know do you want to deposit he said i'll drop you back to your motel and i'll pick you up in the morning and this it goes on so i'll pick i'll i'll drop you off at your motel and i'll pick you up in the morning and then you can pick up the car and i'll show you a couple of things and off you go and i'll give me the cash you know we'll do the deal then yeah sure all right cool and i said do you want to deposit before you know you drop me off he goes i'll give me 50 bucks (laughs) so i'm like Okay, like really, fifty bucks. All right, so I gave him fifty bucks. Yeah, and uh, again, he said, "I'll see you in the same spot in the morning." And if you're not there at seven o'clock, I'm taking. I'm not basically. I'm taking you fifty bucks, and you, you know, I'm going to keep on going. And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, mate." I'm sort of starting to get okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Did you spend that night like a sleepless night, wondering if he was going to change his mind? Oh, I sort of. By that stage, I'd sort of worked him out in a way. I was still a little bit. Yeah, definitely still a little bit uh, un- uh, hesitant and unsure. Yeah, you're right. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, look, you know, yeah, it was, yeah. I think he, I think he's sort of obviously playing with me a little bit as well, but enjoying it. <laughs> so, hell. oh, mate, it's fucked up, mate. Oh, it is. Yep, yep, yep. So he picks me up the next morning uh, back to uh, his place, and and I'm like, look, I've got to get a. I've, I've got to get a flight back and I've got to take this car to to the uh, importers and I've teed that up. So I've got to sort of get going. So he turns around and he's like, right, I've got to take you for a drive first and I've got to show you how to drive it. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Like, I'm thinking to myself, I just want to go and you've got to teach me how to drive. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm oh. 45. He goes, have you driven a stick before? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. No shit, right? So he takes me around the block. And he drives it first, and he's showing me how to drive a stick and how to drive the car. He takes me to a service station, puts fuel in, he shows me how to fill it up, he shows me how to put the key into the fuel cap and take it off, and he goes, you put the cap oh, on top of the rear quarter. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then you put it in, you click it, make, you, you wait for the click, then you take the key out, blah, 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 and I'm just going, man. So anyway, we go back to his place, he goes, you jump in the driver's seat, and I'm like, fuck, this is like going to, you know, like with my dad learning how to drive. So I jump in the driver's seat because you can't say no. And no. Going back to his place, and you know, like obviously, I'm not I'm not changing the gears right. I'm not braking correctly. You know, he's like, "Fuck no, you don't do that." You know, no, no, no. You know, it's only got little one three fives in the front. No, no. And I'm just going fuck. Anyway, get back to his place, and uh, uh, he goes, "Right, you know, you got the cash." And I'm like, "Yep." So he goes, "Come inside," and he stands in front of the bonnet on the car, and he's and I get the cash out, and I and he's looking through the the bundles, and he's like. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm, I'm like, what? Going, what? I, I, I want new bills. You've got old bills. And I'm like... And You've got to be... Fuck. You've got to be kidding me. No, no. And that's when I'm like, Gerald, fuck. I'm like, I've come all the way... And I, I sort of... I just lost it then. I'm like, look, I've come all the way from Australia. I'm carrying this cash. We've done this deal. I, fuck, mate. You either take me to... I'm happy to exchange it. Take me to the bank. No worries at all. I'll exchange it. But that's all I've got. And that's it. You know, like, come on. And then he's like, all right, all right, all right. Let me count it. You know, so, fuck. So, yeah, yeah. So, he counts it. Puts... Oh, mate. Took ages. And then he's taking photos of the bills. He's taking photos of the title. And, oh, mate. And anyway, yeah, off I went. He gave me... You know, as it turned out, look, he gave me a jerry can with fuel and extra fan belt and tools <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, like... And he goes, all right, now you, when you go, that's it. I don't want to hear from you again. Like, <laughs> like, no worries, mate. You're the, you're the last person I ever want to speak to ever again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, and like, 
I know this sounds like made up, right? I, I, I guess I'm listening to myself, but it's just fucking no word of a lie. And I take off. And just before he, I leave, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, you know, uh, LA to my uh, to the importers. He goes, let me know when you uh, get to, oh, what was it? Uh, oh, this town anyway, before LA, a couple of hours out of LA. Yes. Yeah. yeah, give me a call, let me know how you go. I'm like, all right. And look, I still speak to him. I still give him a call once in a while, say good day. The conversation is just as just the same. I haven't told him I've radius the guards and I haven't told him that I've got a Sprat Axel in it. <laughs> Take that, Gerald. You yeah, clap, clap. That's right. <laughs> that would have been like a Thelma and Louise when he left that. You would have just been in that car, just putting that behind you, just roaring down the highway in your beautifully new, newly acquired 55. That must have been the most satisfying drive to LA that anyone's ever actually had. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, hey. It's like probably yeah. one, of the re- one of the reasons why I'll probably never get rid of that car. You know, just those memories that, yeah, as bad and good as they are. This is like in Pulp Fiction. You know how there's the watch that the guy has hidden up his ass? <laughs> Do you know what my dad did to get me this watch? This is what <laughs> yeah. this is like. This is the automotive version of that story. And yeah. I don't think you can ever sell that car purely because of the bullshit you went through to actually buy it. So I commend you. I had absolutely no idea of the story of this purchase i just thought oh you bought a 55 and built it to be what is to me my most favorite 55 of all time and i didn't realize that i I have i have so much more appreciation for this project now (laughs) (laughs) and for you as a patient man (laughs) oh dude yeah unbelievable so okay you have the magnificent drive to la you get the car shipped home what this vision, like I say, the vision of your build is the thing that probably impresses me the most. How did it all come together? Like how, where did you start? Like what, what's the go? Yeah, so after, after meeting um, this guy, this with the wheelies, Vic Young, um, I've, I kept in contact with him over the years, and uh, every time we'd go over to the states, we'd stay with him and, and meet a lot of his friends, and and they all had gases, and they would just drive around in these awesome gases around Prescott, Arizona, and. And I guess I just started buying parts. So initially, I guess what I wanted was a period correct 55 with uh, with hillboard injection, small block hillboard injection, radius guards, you know, magnesium American racing wheels, and a straight axle. So initially, I bought the bought the injection off um, a company called Elky Digger in the States. It's a period correct 1960s hillboard injection. So I bought that kit that was recode and then I bought some wheels, just you know, bought the wheels off a guy in the States that were uh, front wheels that were uh, pretty rare, which I actually haven't had on the car for, for a while and probably haven't seen it with those wheels on it maybe, but... Uh, I have actually seen it. Are they, are they Fenton's or Anson's or something like that? They're the like yeah. three and a half. It's almost like, I'm going to say like a kidney mag. I know they're not, but like yeah, I guess a jelly bean style. What what exact, what brand are they? Are they Anson or are they Fenton Gyros or something? Anson, yeah. Yeah, and I see you've got Craigar SS on them now, like four and a halfs or something. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Think, yeah. Four and a half or four. I think it might be... Yeah. Skinny ass ones. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Either of which, it'd be a hard, hard decision to choose which ones to run because they both work, don't they? They do. For some reason, I, I spent a fortune on the on the uh, kidneys, and they, I don't know, just the, the, the Craigars, I put them on, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, there's just something about Craigars, <laughs> hey. Yeah, big time. <laughs> totally. So, and and what do you run behind? Is it a T10 or something? Is it, I know it's definitely a manual. What's the transmission, the engine specs? 327, isn't it? Yeah, 327. Yep. It's actually just a, a, a pretty mild motor. Like, to be honest, I haven't even done a, a compression check on it. It's It's... 
it's it's the motor that came with the car. It's just got a bit of a cam, double hump fuelies, and yeah, really, I, that, that's all I really know about the motor, to be honest. 327, four-speed Muncie. So yeah, stock diff. Uh, so look, at the moment, I'm I'm sort of going through getting the front end engineered. Oh, cool. So yep. that's sort of where my priorities are right now, and then after that. Um, I'll sort of start looking at the drive line, beefing that up. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I want to actually, you know, take it down the track at some stage soon. So I've yeah, just got a few yeah. things to do before I do that, though. Yeah. Aesthetically, like to me, the car's perfect. As you've mentioned, you radius the rear guards, and even that process was just. I'm going to give obviously everyone your uh, Instagram, if that's okay, just yeah, to see. No you've got some really great photos of how the actual how you went around that process and and the thought process behind cutting the rear guards. And the car to me looks perfect. Have you got any other plans for it, like aesthetically, or is that pretty much done? Yeah, aesthetically, that's probably it. I don't think. I, I, although I am actually, look, I do want to get that straight axle engineered. It's a, it's actually a bolt-in. I've actually designed it so it's a bolt-in operation, so I can actually sure. bolt it and use it. Yeah, the wishbones if I want to go back to that. Which, I don't know. I, I actually really do like, you know, like that jacked-up wishbone uh, look as well. So, but yeah, look. Apart from that, I'll get that front end engineered, which I'm in the process of doing now. And I think I'm probably just going to leave it. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it looks aesthetically. I am too. Um, Not that that really counts, but I'm really happy with it as well. Thanks, mate. And leading on from that, have you got any other... I mean, actually, one thing I do want to talk about is you mentioned fabricating and the the fact that you've you've designed this and you've done that. You're actually a fabricator by trade, aren't you? You've got a lot of experience there. And you run both the, the skin knuckles, which is what, Volkswagen specialist stuff, and also your custom fabrication pages and businesses? Yeah, yeah, so they're pretty much both the same. I just run different, I guess, Instagram accounts from from my work. So the skin knuckles is is yeah, I do a lot of air cooled uh, suspension components for you know slamming your your combi or your beetle. And I oh, look that started many years ago. I've always been into you know like muscle and and, and Holdens and Fords and things like that. But I've also sure. been into air cooled at the same time. So. I've always had a bit of both, and that just kicked off when I had a, a combi that I was building up as well. So that's that part of the business. And then I also just do other custom fabrication stuff, yeah, whatever it might be, just for uh, any car, really, or anything, to be honest, which is custom yeah. fabrication, yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. So you're applying, of course, those skills to your own cars and also stuff for other people, which is which is great. And, man, it's so handy to have some sort of angling of mechanical ability or fabrication skills in this hobby, isn't it? It's something that you can really benefit from as far as especially saving your money, but just achieving, if you have that dream, that goal, being able to achieve that in the end too, or being able to call on a group of people as well who might be, you know, who you can draw on like mates and all the rest of it to make it happen. It's almost a must-have these days, isn't it? It is. Hey, yeah, absolutely. I think just the fact that you can do a lot of the stuff yourself, you know, you can sort of, you've got a spare hour or two and you can go out to the shed and you can, you know, make that little part or that bracket or something, uh, which just, you know, helps the build come along so, so, so much more quickly, right? Oh, 100%. And look, do you have any plans or what sort of would you dream as being maybe your ultimate car or something you'd like to build also in the future? Especially whether it be something you have planned or something if, you know, time and money weren't an issue, like what what would you probably go for then? Oh, look, I've actually been thinking about, you know, what would I do? What would be another project? And um, I'm sort of, I'd love to build a, um, 
I don't know, some sort of nostalgic, you know, drag store or something, whether it's a, oh, like a, a tea bucket or something like that. I, I'm not 100% yeah, sure, yeah. but it's, I guess what I'd like to do is build the, you know, the frame and everything like that from scratch. So it'd be a full custom 60s inspired car. Yeah, uh, but yeah, not exactly sure right now, but something along those lines, I reckon. But Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Especially if that was being towed using your 55 as the tow car. That'd yeah, be that pretty would be cool, awesome too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I definitely am on the same wavelength as you as far as gases go, and I'd love to build a 41 Willys Coupe, but of course, trying to get a Willys Coupe is virtually impossible or not within my budget, which is pretty much nothing. But I've seen that Chris up at BMV Engineering, he's up based up at the Sunshine Coast as well, he actually has been converting. He did a conversion on a 41 Willys sedan into a Willys coupe, and the thing looks amazing. Have you seen that? Yeah, is that that green one? Green one, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. awesome job on that. Fantastic job. Oh, it is. And I guess the beauty of that is is that the gentleman who owns the actual car, he bought this 41 Willys sedan from a restorer. It's just a perfectly mint. It's an older restoration, but it's in right. you know great condition. And, yeah, so Chris actually then converted it from a sedan to a coupe, and it's now being built as a gasser-style car, you know, with a blown engine and all the rest of it. And, oh, man, I just so tempting to try and put that on my bucket list for the future. That's yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah, I'll have to actually I, – I saw that through another account, actually, and I'm not – has he got an account himself, that guy? I think he an does. Instagram account? Yeah, look, I'll post some photos of it on um, our Thong Slappers Instagram page as well. I'm just having – you know when you're under pressure and you can't remember anything? Yeah. I actually, no, yeah, sorry, uh, Peter Manson. It's Peter Manson. That's his name. Okay. The guy who owns the yeah, car. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'll definitely post some photos and I'll send you some. And it's almost making it something where it could almost be in reach for me to do something like that now. Yeah. You know, using yeah. that as an option. And hey, I don't give a shit if it's not a factory steel Willys Coupe. If it looks like a Willys Coupe afterwards, I'm more than happy with that, you know. So, totally. You yeah. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have to call on to you. I'd, I'd be interested in getting one of your front end conversion kits by the sounds of it. I know they're yeah. an I-beam already, but something with a bit more strength and something which will jack it up a bit higher so i'll have to keep yeah. that in mind yeah thanks mate yeah those wheelies <laughs> front ends are actually a little bit they're pretty actually flimsy believe it or not like especially the stub axles they're tiny Ah, okay yeah oh, well i definitely know the man to come to when it looks you know like i if i ever get to that point where i can build that that'd be awesome yeah mate absolutely sweet mate well that pretty much wraps us up for doing this oh, i really appreciate your time and like I said, I, I, I'm almost feeling stressed after hearing that story of you buying that 55. If, 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 if someone deserves, if there's anyone who deserves to actually go through and purchase a car, I think you're the winner of that. I mean, the craziest thing I've had with an American seller or a potential seller, I was looking at a 68 Dodge Charger in America when I visited there in 2000. And here I was thinking, oh, the crazy conversation I had with this guy was I said to him, oh, mate, it's going to be pretty difficult for me to get it home. You know, we're talking 20 years ago. And and he goes, can't you just throw it on a train or something? <laughs> like, like, nah, mate, I actually live across the ocean. I can't just put it onto a train. But yeah, that, that story pales in comparison to the, the absolute clusterfuck that you went through. But I'm glad, listen, mate, I'm glad you got the car. I'm glad that it all ended up as with the happy endings. Not that style, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, yeah, that you got the car. And, thanks, yeah, no, mate, actually, you've done an amazing job. There, mate. You, wasn't there, an, an, you bought a, there was another story I remember you saying about a lightning shift or something, right? Some guy. Oh, my God, the Hearst really? lightning rods. Yeah, yes. the, sorry, lightning rods. And the guy's like, just put your name, your address or something without. <laughs> well, kind of. He put Simon Major or Brisbane, Australia. <laughs>
That's all it had. No street address, no nothing, and yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it managed to uh, it managed to get to me. And yeah, that's right. I walked into the post office, and the guy said, "Oh, it's you." And we're like, "I'm like, what? What do you mean it's me?" And he goes, "We've been waiting for you to come in. It was just happened to be that Australia Post has amazing posties who actually." You know, we'd go, oh, geez, I recognise that name. You know, and I don't have an overly common name, which probably helps as well. But they found it to me from America. Yeah. yeah. That's unbelievable. Just, That's so it funny. Is, unbelievable. Just like your 55 somethings are just meant to be, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, great stuff. Man, it's been awesome chatting with you, and I definitely will keep an eye on your, any future projects you come up with. And if people want to follow you on Instagram, do you just want to run through your Instagram pages if they're, you're uh, both your business and pleasure, if you like? Yeah, uh, my personal one is underscore R-O-S-S-N-A-U-M-O-V underscore. Uh, and then actually on my bio, I've got my two um, two businesses on uh, that you can click through to, so it's probably just easier rather yeah, than sure. spelling them out. Yeah, yeah, no worries at all, mate. It's been fantastic chatting with you, and I, I, I really appreciate your time and for you know joining me and doing this today. It's it's great. Thanks, I appreciate it, mate. And look, thanks for uh, inviting me on, and uh, it's it's an honour. So um, thank you very much. Cheers. See ya. I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt horrendously stressed after hearing Ross's story about how he purchased that car. Oh, man. Hey, look, I would honestly go out and say that is the best 55 in Australia. It is tough as fuck, so make sure you go check out the photos. You'll be suitably impressed. Okay, coming up next, we have another gent from country Victoria. It's Bruce Howie. He has a chat with Redmond and uh, tells us all about his XK Falcon Ute. Hey, Bruce, how you going? Thanks for answering, mate. No worries, mate. It's good to good to hear from you. Hey, listen, I was just on the phone to Mum, and uh, I said, Mum, I've got to get off the phone. There's a bloke I met on the internet. He's going to give me a call, and um, he wants to talk about escorts, or he's got an escort, he's been up an escort, or he's been <laughs> in one or two or something. Anyway, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, I said, yeah, she she rings at lunchtime usually just to uh, make sure I'm eating the right thing, you know, looking after myself. <laughs> Nutrition. Yes. So, of course, <laughs> welcome to Australia's first and only dedicated streetcar podcast. To, of course, I've got all-round good guy, Mutt, and streetcar racer, drag challenge competitor, great friend of the Thong Slappers, Bruce Howie. Yes, yes, one and only. Thanks, what, Buck, for that. What do you got for lunch, mate? Mate, I've just had a bit of eggplant kale salad, uh, you know, with a bit of pulled pork on the side. Washed down with a chai latte. <laughs> you <Fuck>. liar. <laughs> Fuck that. No, just had the old ham cheese tomato toasted sanger with a cup of tea. Oh, but uh, what is it with pulled anything? Pulled pork, lamb, beef. I just, I don't understand it. I it really sounds, don't. It sounds like a honeymoon I had once. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I've pulled lately was a six-cylinder out of my panel van just to keep... Uh, you know, 350 Munro happy. <laughs> well, of course, we had a... Uh, we're doing a moot rocket on you. This is what this is. You're going to talk us through your car. And because we are two distinguished elder gentlemen, both with red hair, we had to do a practice run of Skype and of Microsoft. And how did that go the other night for us? Would you like, would you like to tell anybody about that? Or would you like to just fucking admit it never happened and just try and wash no. it away? No, I had to call the tech line. Oh, <laughs> oh mate, the- you know how it is with people. Well, of our age, you know, EFI when it came out, I was just 
fuck, what's this? You know, I'd rather just, and I still do just stick with a carby, you know. It's it's a lot simpler for me. <laughs> it's like trying to put rings and bearings in a fucking Kenworth with a broom handle and a fucking paddle pop stick. Fuck, it was horrible. But we got it all done, so that's why we're here. That's why we're doing our moot rocket. Simon, the skipper at Thong Slappers, is doing a bit of stuff called Legend of the Lunch Times on his Facebook. And what that is... What you can get done in your 30-minute lunch break, Simon takes some parts to work, cleans them up, or he makes phone calls for parts, or he does bits and pieces. What I like to do is just bring my friends from, uh, from Thong Slappers, like you guys, or we've done quite a few guys, because you text for a while, you email for a while, and then every now and then just pick the phone up and have yep. a yarn, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, look, it's, it's certainly, I've enjoyed listening to the other ones thus far. It's been, uh, been quite entertaining, and getting to know some of the other, the other moots. Moots. You, never, yeah. you can never know enough moots. We've got to, before we get kicked <laughs> off, I might just do a, a huge thank you for some New South Wales kids that you have helped directly lately through the New South Wales Variety Bash. You got some stickers printed with your own coin. Uh, so yeah. help working with Brett Abraham and, and tell us about how that, that all come about and that all panned out. Oh, look, well, I didn't want to really spruik that particularly but look what it really would started out I was I was hoping to um, to give back something to you guys you know most podcasts that I I listen to you got to subscribe and pay a small fee that sort of thing and I thought maybe I could do something to give back to you guys but you guys didn't want anything and suggested Brett and um, so I spoke to Brett it was actually started when I caught up with Barney um, with the HQ for you mag handover, and we were talking about this this same topic. And um, anyway, I said about you know what do you reckon about a sticker, and he thought that was a good idea. So I spoke to Brett, and um, yeah, he thought it wouldn't be too bad. And anyway, I I got them done and, and sent them up to him, and I thought, uh, oh, geez, I hope they you know at least make a few bucks. Anyway, it's turned out to be bloody brilliant really so I'm quite chuffed I'm yeah quite humbled by it but um it's just it's just good to give back and you know well, you, you just and I, show a bit of sport you and I and Simon were in a bit of a group text there and you know you and I got a bit deeper than just saying that hey it's it is the tenement of charity and fellowship you don't need to be any theological connection with anybody to be a decent person, man, and I am really thankful to you for for supporting these kids at New South Wales. Bruce, it's a good job. So we'll talk cars now, sir. But but you need to be publicly thanked yeah, for that, mate. That was, that was a beautiful thing. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us no, about your uh, your youth. Um, well, it's a '63 um, XL Falcon, um, two-door short roof, which for non-millennials or well, is a ute, you know, but millennials <laughs> tend to like to change things up a bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I look, I've had it since 1985. I um, actually bought it off my high school back in back in Brisbane, where I was attending at Mansfield High, and it was used when I first turned up at high school in grade eight. It was used by the groundsman as a um, a vehicle for him to run around in and take all his tools and whatever around, cool. and. Uh, it disappeared for a bit, and then we were playing down the Oval in year 12 in 85, and I, they, one of the sheds down the Oval had the door up, and I saw the old ute in there. Anyway, I was talking to Dad about it, and Dad said, oh, we'll just we'll talk to the school, and we sent the sent him a letter and made him an offer, and picked it up for the princely summer 60 bucks, <laughs> wow. which, and my, 
And unbeknownst to me, Mum kept the receipt, and so I've got it. Got the receipt she gave it to me years later, and um, yeah, it's <laughs> it was it looks quite good to see that that old typed up receipt with a handwritten signature from the from the um, principal at school at the time. Yeah. It's cool you've owned the car a long it, time, hey? Sorry, what was that? You have owned the car a long time, since 85. Yeah, yeah, look, it sat in the backyard for a few years. I got into Rotary's, Mazda Rotary's big time, so um, did a lot of mucking around in them, hill climbs and a lot of drag racing out at Willowbank. And, um, Great. Yeah, actually, yeah, just took anything out there, out there actually. Took mum's car, dad's car, <laughs> motorbikes. Run with yeah, your Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We used to take the, the CR500 took out there. It was probably the quickest thing I took at the time. Ran a high 12, a 12 8 or something. Cool. The knobby on the front. <laughs> uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, look, and then eventually got around to, to getting the thing done up. But it had a shitload of rust in it and got a local bloke to, to cut all the rust out and throw some paint on it. And then I drove it around just with the the 144 six cylinder and three on the tree for quite a number of years. Yeah, cool. Sweet. Yeah. I've, uh, I did notice the first time that I seen the ute, because I'm only relatively new to Instagram, uh, to social media, in fact, the first time I seen the ute was in a magazine called Street Machine. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that sort of blew me away after buying the mag for years and years. I um, yeah, I was quite surprised to see it in there. Yeah, gracing the pages. Well, the rules that thong slappers are, and of course these rules are made up by Winston, our uh, English accountant. If you, uh, uh, if your car or your face gets uh, published in Street Machine, you owe a carton. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> carton of Don Perignon, or Don, just Don, a bit uh, of you know. Uh, he, he drinks a lot of scotch. Really, he's, he's, he's that sort <laughs> of guy. What's the current What's the current power plant in the Ute? Um, well, the current one is is a three hundred two Windsor. Um, it uh, I had a, a six a two V two fifty in it for a long time, um, and then I when we moved down to Victoria in ninety five, I think it was. I uh, did a few uh, sprints out at Winton in that, and then eventually got around to. Um, buying a, a Rod Hatfield or Cusmane Rod Shop um, Windsor kit to go in it, so I, I bought a little 302 and and put that in it and got it all engineered and then obviously that wasn't enough horsepower and I got around to building a, a 347 stroker and that was about 10 years ago and it was in it up until about this time last year. <laughs> 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 we went to Heathcote for a, a bit of a test two weeks out from Drag Challenge and um, Heathcote's a drag strip down here in Victoria and yeah, did a few runs on the Friday night and then Saturday night was the Ford versus Holden um, national thing they, they've started down here Yep. and um, yeah, did, did its fastest pass, it did a 10-3 at 140 with a Hundred shot of gas up it, and um, it was just it was having a ball. Anyway, on the last run, I just turned off the return road and it started running on seven cylinders, <laughs> and uh, 
I foolishly idled it back to the pits and uh, by that time damage was done and it dropped a valve and smashed a piston and put a hole in the bore and oh, no. fucked it basically. What size, yeah. what, anyway. size, what size was that block? That was, well, that was 347. No, sorry, I mean, this, this cylinder, was it a zero? Uh, that was 30 over, so... Alright, well, so you're from the spark dead once you, once you punch the valve in it? Yeah, yeah. I have spoken to a bloke just recently, not be able to sleeve it, but I don't, look, to be honest, if I had the money, I'd get a, you know, a decent block and start again. But anyway, I haven't got any money at the minute. So, yeah, I just got a, I got a, bought a $200 engine off a mate of mine he pulled out of his NS Fairlane. And um, which is five litre Windsor. Yep. And I just had some, I bought a new set of heads and cam, um, just some Chinese heads off Port City engines down yep. at Port City. And I was going to put that originally in my panel van, but um, it ended up going in the ute. And I just put all the intake and everything off the other, off the stroker and slammed it all together. And after a few headaches, got it running. and yeah, I thought, fuck, we'll just at least do drag challenge last year and see what happens. But it surprised the hell out of me. It's amazing what nitrous does. It's just such such good fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a hundred <laughs> shot of nitrous. Cool. Yeah, yeah we, the $200 engine, you know, with a 50 shot went 11.3, which, you know, I'd spent 10 grand on the stroker to, <laughs> to do that, you know, normally Aspro, but... Yeah, fucking hell. Jeez, it, it was bloody. We had an absolute ball last year. Yeah, that's what really it's about. What what carburetor and intake was on the three forty seven is actually now still on the on the on the three hundred two. Yeah, it's a seven fifty Pro Series carby that I got from the US. I sent them all the details, and they made they basically make it up to suit your engine. Okay. Yeah, and good, that's just a uh, Victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. On top of the Victor Junior. Right. Um, single points. So that, that that's all pretty yeah. much from stuff that I'm loving. <laughs> I'm loving the uh, intake manifold carburetor, <laughs> you know, and, and a stroker, mate. That's pretty much speaking my language. I love all that uh, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I actually was reading um, uh, Engine Masters magazine oh 15 years ago, and I just kept the magazine because it had a had a 347 build up that you know produced roughly about 500 horsepower, and I thought. That's what I want to do, and I just did it. I basically copied that and used AFR heads that they used, and um, other bits and pieces, and just made it all strong so I could put nitrous on it. And um, yeah, anyway, it wasn't the bottom end that let go. It was, it was one of the the inlet valves popped the head off. So down she went down anyway. into, down into the belly of the beast. Well, well, I, I, I yes. really want to talk about the two V two fifty as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I am a fan of six cylinders. I've always said I'm a fan of six cylinders. Uh, you remember back in the eighties, there was lots of six cylinders getting around, like the Holden Red Engine. Oh yeah. There wasn't even yeah, yeah. That, there wasn't even that many big dogs. Where I, I come from, a small town uh, in in New South Wales, there wasn't even that many V8s really. So I do like Reds. I uh, sorry, I like Reds. I'm an idiot. I do like six cylinders. <laughs> what uh, what what was that two fifty? Like <laughs> what was that two V two fifty combo? Um, that oh, 350 Munro is going to hate us talking about six. He's going to hate like. everything. That's <laughs> what he does. <laughs> oh, I think he's awesome. Yeah. I love the booty one day. Yeah, me, me too. I think anyway. he, he reminds me of uh, Winston. I uh, not Winston. He reminds me of Wilson off Tool Time. Oh yes. You yes, never see his yeah, face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, 
I bought a when I was in Brisbane. I bought an XA Fairmont sedan, which someone had pulled the V8 out and put this 250 in. And Ivan Ty apparently built the engine. So Ivan Ty Engineering, a pretty well known mob in um, Queensland. Um, they might used to make Ty cams. That's anyway. They were big into performance stuff. So they'd actually built the motor. And I bought, I think I bought the whole car for about 800 bucks. I think I, that's how I first got my first bank card, was so I could buy, so I could buy this bloody car. And, that's cool. And and NAB has been sponsoring me ever since with their credit cards. <laughs> Good on them, eh? Oh, yeah. So they anyway, see. yeah. So I pulled the I pulled the motor out of that. I think it had twelve slides on. I pulled the wheels and the front brakes off it, and I took the rest of the tip. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it didn't have a lot of rust in it, and it was anyway. That's just what we did back then. Yep. I had these numerous mazes and stuff. Went to the tip, and oh, oh God, guys, guys are doing it today with VSs and VXs, and when they're when they're old at our age, they'll be going. We used to take them to the tip. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Look, I just banged that in originally. I think I had the Borgwan Auto in it, and then I put a single rail in it, and that made it heaps better. And just yeah, it was a good little thing, and I, it had a holly on it, just a 350 holly, and then I bought a set of triple SUs. For it <sighs> and um, that yeah oh yeah look it, it certainly waked it up a bit but it was a bit of hacking of the uh, the the engine bay to get them all to fit and air cleaners and blah 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 anyway it was a good bit of fun yeah it was a good bit of fun just um you don't see them a lot anymore and they they've sort of gone quite up in price as well yeah that's what I'm saying like most things once they yeah. stop getting used as actual fodder and they start becoming replacement parts for people that want their car set up a specific way, people aren't buying them because they're a cheap engine, they're buying because they want that engine. It's like a, a cleaver, yeah. a guy with an XY wants, you know, a, well, let's say an XY GT, he needs the cleaver, whereas a guy which, you know, can use a Windsor, for, you know, like a, a 347 Windsor, but he doesn't, he wants it to look like it's got a 351 Cleveland in it. So that's, you know, your pricing yeah. on engines. What transmission are we running in the Ute at the moment? Uh, it has a Jericho four-speed um, dog box. Wow. A, well, it was out of a NASCAR setup, I think. The bloke I bought it off bought it from America, and um, he was doing some... He was actually doing sprints in an XA Falcon, I think, or XC around Winton. And, um, yeah, just sold the gearbox, and he's, he's actually... Since I've known him, I got quite friendly with him, and... Um, He's going to do drag challenge, or he's hoping to do it this year if it actually goes ahead. But um, yeah, he wanted to go auto in his car to do, to do some drag racing, so he went and sold the gearbox to me, which was bloody awesome. <laughs> so the dog box has no synchromesh, does it? No, no, it's um, it's an absolute prick to drive on the street. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I think I told Red Dirt Pirate once it's like. Um, it's like sex at the track, but driving around the street, it's just like dealing with your ex-wife. It's, <laughs> it's they're two polar it's opposites. A nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it's but I, at the track, it's just you launch with the clutch, and then you just don't touch the clutch. You just, in my case, I just get off the throttle just a fraction and slam it through the gear. Yeah. Um, 
Ideally, it'd be nice to have a rocker switch set up or something on a gear stick so I didn't even have to lift the throttle, but I was talking to that young bloke who, with the LS in the Hilux who actually won the stick shift in Drag Channels 2018. Yep. And, um, yeah, he's got one on his, but they're like a 1000 bucks. It's what the uh, V8 supercars use. Yeah, right. It's what it, use. With, the, your, yeah. with your carbureted... The uh, electronic ignition combo and that switch with the Jericho, as you pull it out of the gear, you, what would you wire it to? The positive side of the coil? No, look, it, it'd probably be the same setup as on my bike. I, I used to race um, 600 road bikes, and basically, I just work on a pressure switch and it just cuts the ignition. So it was, well, actually, on the bike, it's injected, so it was set up through the. Um, yeah, through the computer. So, to be honest, I never got down that far. I was going to talk to um, Michael at Ice Ignition just to, yeah, to see if so I was going to do it. Yeah, see how we can wire it in. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, but that's, look, it's, it's really, just too expensive. That's really cool, the Jericho. I'm terribly interested in it. Sorry to, sorry to bang on about it, but so how does it work on the street if you haven't got enough revs? You have to just hold a gear. Uh, yeah. No short well, shift. Basically, you still got to use a clutch on the street, but you got to just try and match the match the revs right. But even when you just you you try trying to idle in traffic and it's banging and clanging and clunking and jerking the car and it's just and it's it's quite noisy as well. It whines quite loud. So, but that's you know that's it at the drag strip more than makes up for for a little inconvenience <laughs> we've got lots of mates at thong slappers at a truck driver so i'm sure they're pretty used to it they could oh you know, yeah 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 the, the <laughs> range road uh, road rangers got pretty much the same uh, the setup if they're not driving autos with you know automatic tarps and <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah but look it's it's been yeah since i put that in i have because i was busting things all the time it had you know, it broke uh, the tail shaft in half and put it through the floor and just missed the fuel tank. Wow. And then it, it snapped the axle right at the wheel and put the wheel through the guard. And, and then it snapped the output shaft off the back of the gearbox, off the single rail. I just got sick of snapping stuff. So I, I did the, I got McDonald, uh, not McDonald Brothers, that other dude's um, in KFC? Queensland. The KFC, yes. <laughs> Oh, I'd love you to hear the Gazard Boys. The Gazard Boys split rear leaf setup. Um, I put that in the back, and that that really has worked a treat. And then got the the um, Jericho, and I haven't touched wood, haven't busted anything since. So. You got a nine dinger in it, obviously. No, no, no. I could never afford a nine nine inch. So it's just a Borg Warner. With a full spool and 411s and 31 spline axles. Decent axles this time. I've been down the path. I probably could afford a, afford a 9-inch now with the amount of money I've spent on bits and pieces just getting you know, getting the wrong people to do the job initially. But in the end, you get find the right blokes and, yeah. Very unique. So with the Jericho straight cut, with the Jericho straight cut, your 411 Borg Warner with 31s on the back, you've just done it your way, mate. You've built it to what you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, it's 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 been like ever since I had it. I started cutting the friggin' thing up when I first got it on the road. I had to grind the back quarters out to fit seven-inch tyres on <laughs> or seven-inch rims, you know. <laughs> what's your what's your little mate think of it? I see a photo of your little mate in it, little Jack Russell mate. 
Oh, he just loves any any car. He um, he loves coming for a drive. Yeah, he <laughs> he'd get in it if you turned up here. He'd jump in and want to go for a drive. <laughs> Doesn't care. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he knows that I'm of the same tribe of you because we what we must let some people know. We should have given the warning at the start of the podcast, but I didn't want to lose too many listeners. Can you please tell people the colour of your hair? Oh mate, well it's it used to be bright orange, <laughs> bright red, but it's it, what's left of it is is fairly tame and going grey. <laughs> but we're still claiming. But I've yes. seen all your photos. We're still claiming you as a ranger, a brother. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. Rangers are going to take over the world. Unfortunately, Mr. Trump is is a ranger, but he wasn't my idea of taking over the world. <laughs> I've always said rangers will, rangers will inherit the world, then probably break it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, do, yeah. Do tend to... I, and, but my parents are bloody both black hair, so I don't know how that happened. I'll have to have a word with Dad one day. Well, our, our friend Red Dirt Pirate, <laughs> Benny Hewlett, builder of Blowing Fairlanes, Outback Dirt Pirate, rock and roll mechanic, um, and yep. filmmaker to the stars, he explains that redheads are the devil's left hand. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, don't know if that's, you know, some um, study he's done into genealogy, but I'll accept that, Benny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure my mum and dad wouldn't like to hear that. But anyway, <laughs> good, good on you, Benny. Thanks. <laughs> so, any more plans uh, for the car? What, what happens if tomorrow? I ask this question. What happens if tomorrow you win the lotto? What happens to the car? Uh, look, to be honest, I probably should spend some money on some safety equipment. But it, yeah, like the, <laughs> the whole idea would be to do a dark block, get it back to three forty-seven again, and just gas the crap out of it you know <laughs> I'd, it'd be i, I want to i would like to run a single digit with the manual yep. um before i get too old to drive but um yeah who knows but yeah it definitely really really needs a cage in it because i i was watching um uh that not not drag week the other one in america yeah, rocky mountain yeah. race week oh okay right no, yeah, yeah. yeah and last last year i think it was this hot rod, about oh, he was only about half track. If that, he, the rear end fell out of it, and he just flipped and rolled. And I thought, bloody hell! You know, he's doing about 100 mile an hour at half track, and I'm I'm doing it down the other end. But but I just thought, ooh, <laughs> that's that's a bit messy. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit. Uh, that's a bit. Uh, what um. What's something fun you've done with the car? Obviously, drag week would now have to be nearly a drag challenge. Have to be nearly. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, that for sure. Any time I drive it, usually uh, good fun. Even just meeting people, you know, you, someone pull up and oh, I like your car, and you start yakking. But um, your drag challenge certainly has been an absolute bore. I, I took a mate Wilbur with me the first year in 2018, and then I took a young, another young bloke, a mate of mine, Cody, or he's become a mate of mine since. Which is surprising because I worked his ass off. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just, the, sorry, yeah. Bruce, sorry, sorry to interview Bruce, but can you hear your yeah. Jack Russell? <laughs> oh, he's trying to fucking annoy me here. He wants me to throw the ball. That's what you get for taking your dog to work. I always used to take my dog to work too. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, he's a little bastard. I, I love Jack anyway. Russell. I used to have some. Anyway, yeah, look, we just, we just, yeah, had an absolute ball. What it, what it did, and um, was made me realise that this car is not so precious 
yeah. and you shouldn't yeah. be driving it for fear of breaking down because you just get you go and uh, and it, you just yeah you just go have fun if it breaks you fix it keep going hopefully yeah it Which, looks like a whole lot of fun it just it's 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 done a lot for uh, the car scene hasn't it yes yeah everyone I've talked to is keen to have a go at it at some point um, but. You know, in saying that, it is a lot of work. Well, certainly a lot of work for us because I was swapping the diff over to um, to get better ratio for the for the transport stages or whatever you want to call. Them. Wow! But um, yeah, so we were, I made him <laughs> I made him earn his keep, but um, it was yeah, it certainly certainly is a, a a great time. And the people you meet, like there's a lot of blokes I've met over the last couple of years. You know, still in contact with and. And share share stories, share ideas, parts, whatever you know. A, a great it's, thing yeah. from it is Street Machine do rather they beef up their magazine for for Drag Week, and it comes out. It's really big, and I love to look at all the cars. I really like to look at the people. And I said a comment to Simon. I said, "Look at everybody smile. It's crazy." <laughs> yes. you, you look at a, you look at a story about a car show or a car race, a fixed car race, and there's not as much going on everybody is just smiling and they talk yeah. about the camaraderie on it you know yes. and you've, you've ridden you've raced bikes you've, you've raced different machines yes. camaraderie is a bit funny sometimes if you're racing a series or you're racing a scene isn't it like, yeah well look that's something i was just going to say actually in the bike game it was very similar in the bike game even though you're against each other on track off track it's a heap of fun, sharing shit. You know, you you have a crash, you need something. Someone comes running up here, borrow this. You know, that's that. I already experienced that for years. And but in the car racing game, it seemed to be a little bit more standoffish. You know, you weren't you weren't as friendly. It didn't seem. Um, but then with drag challenge coming on, it's just got back to that same deal. You know, everyone's keen to see everyone finish. You know, yeah, it didn't do well, and, yeah. Yeah, and get the sticker at the end because that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Yeah, we, we we could just get Barney to make us some stickers and just say Red was too slack oh, to go to Drag snake. Challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, but, um, unfortunately, yep. because I've got a meeting after this lunch break, which is hilarious, but um, we might have <laughs> to cut this short. But I'm really keen to get you back on, or we might bring you on a Bible studies or a uh, drag challenge special or something. I thank you very much yeah. for sharing your car with us, but I've actually got to go, no, and, right. go and attend the safety office for an alleged breach. Now, uh, alleged? alleged? I'm sure pro- you might. <laughs> I know uh, I would have breached plenty of safety issues. <laughs> well, the, the thing is they tell you right because, you know, the, the modern day safety office slash Nazi Tells you, oh, would you like? Yes. To, would you like to bring another person? And and I told her, you bring another person. And she's going, I beg your pardon. I said, I don't need another person. I'm in the right. I'm asking you to bring another support person. And she's like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so we got her offside. And and whenever you go to them, I've, I've I've learned how to deal with these meetings. Whenever you never sit down. When you go in there, you don't want to make it relaxed. You want to stand up. And it also gets them offside, and I've had it play out a couple of ways. They said, would you take a seat? And I'm like, no, I don't have to sit down. I want to stand up. And then yeah, yeah. they go, they're a bit offside, so sometimes I've had them stand up as well. So then that makes the media a whole different, a whole different dynamic. But also rebook it. No matter what time they ask you to come, say, no, nah, I'm not coming. No, if it's 9 Just, o'clock, I'm coming at 11. It's, it's crazy these days dealing with the safety department, man. Everybody will know what I'm talking like- about. 
Yeah, right. Well, it sounds like going to court. <laughs> it is going to court, and if you've got your, if you've yeah. got everything all together, and I've, we had a bit of a run-in before with this specific lady, but it's all in good fun, and it's just work or whatever, and it's, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. I got wheel bearings and stuff to do after that, so I'll just go and get that side yeah. of it done. But what, what's your plans? Oh, look, um, I've, uh, I work for a bus company here in Kyabram in Central Vic, and we predominantly run MAN buses. Yep. So, which stands for Mechanic Always Needed, apparently. So, <laughs> it looks like i got a job for life. <laughs> <laughs> They're an all right thing, though, aren't they? Oh, yes, look, they are. Yeah. And, yeah, puns, puns aside, it's, yeah, they're bloody good. It's, um... Yeah, I can't can't really follow them. We've got good backup here too in Melbourne, so um Any of the old brands yeah, most... the old brands like that are, you know, a fair bet really, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. We've got a couple of MA uh, Mercedes and that sort of thing, a Scania and a few Chinese things keep me on my toes, but uh What's yeah. the, what's the pick but, of them? Uh well the MANs are probably yeah, as far as I'm concerned. But I look I've only been in the game four or five years, so yeah, but the Mercedes got uh, excellent backup as well. They just tend to be a bit more expensive in the parts department. Yeah, right. I've never really worked for a bus company. I've worked around it like bits and pieces. I've, I've certainly got mates that do work in them, and it's, it's yeah. a good it's a good industry. There's always plenty of work. Yes, yeah. I'm very fortunate this time, and actually, um, I'd just like to say to all our northern listeners and you know Northern Territory, Western Australia is to, if you can, take time to ring someone down south here in Victoria because we, we're, it's, it's a fucking mess, you know, even is, though man. I'm very grateful to have a job, but people are, people are scratching their head, you know, wondering what the hell is going to happen, and we're feeling a little bit on the outer, you might say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good comment because I always do say, like, texting emails, fun, but just pick up the phone and have a yarn, just... You know, all, yes. the, all this, you know, are you okay stuff, call me if you need me, but just ring him. I'm a, I, I'm yeah. a similar kind of age, you know, before we had any emails or we, we had that on a Sunday afternoon, you give your mates a ring, hey, maybe it had a sherbet or two. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we used to, we actually used to meet up at my place and we go down the industrial area and hang skids. <laughs> what did I see the other day? I, I was reading a book, what is it? Oh, it's, it's a book about a guy. It's walking across America in 1974, and he wrote a letter to some friends of the family that said, I'll meet you at 11 a.m. in the local park at such and such a town. Mate, how, yeah, is, it, yeah. how is it when you're going to meet your mate these days? You text him four fucking times on the drive there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I don't know how mum survived, you know, because there was only the landline back then, and I wouldn't come home till one or two in the morning. And she tells me years later that she'd lie awake in bed until she could hear the car come in the drive. But often, I had a 13B Mazda peripheral port, <laughs> RX3, and I had to turn it off about a K from the house and roll down the hill because it was so fucking loud. <laughs> Mothers are the best yeah. thing, man, aren't they? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah Dad's not too bad. <laughs> better, they're better than Phase 3 Falcons and A9X Tyrannas. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm going to have to go and face the music here or maybe give a bit of music, yeah, yeah. but thank you very much for your time and very much for uh, everything that you do. 
Yeah, it's been a ball, mate. Thank you. And thank you to you and Simo for, for putting on this bloody podcast, you know, because it's it's actually got me back buying Street Machine and getting right back into it. It's 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 been great, yeah. Just love cars, mate. Just absolutely love cars, eh? That's right. Yeah, anything, actually, anything with wheels and an engine, usually. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind them either. Hey, um, we'll take care and give my love to your family and not so much that Jack yeah. Russell. <laughs> nah, oh, love Jack Russell. Or the shit out of me. <laughs> What's his name? Ralphie. Get a Ralphie. Ah. Oh, Ralphie. Ralphie. As he, uh, yeah, as in Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> they love to bark. Right, oh, buddy, well, you, you take yeah. care. All right, mate. Good on you. And from one soul of the earth bloke to the next, Redmond has a chat with John Sinclair, a.k.a. Daddo Mouse. Man, seriously, this every fucking time I record, man, Bruce Howard was the worst I've ever done. Even worse than you and I. I swear, even worse. Oh, my God. Right, are you ready? I'll do an intro. Oh, fuck, where's my other headphones? Just give me one second. It must be the headphones are broken. Oh, look, I can't be fucked trying to find some. Are they here somewhere? Fuck it, let's just do it. Must be these headphones. Um... Man, I just punched your number in, and, and that's it. I've, I, I, I got John Sinclair. Must be a different John Sinclair. And we've even spoke on there before, so I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. <laughs> I hate this so much. Well, that's what you the number I was talking to you on last time. Like, it was coming up uh, in white and sky. What the fuck was this thing? Because it's a proper clap clap. Yeah. Right, let's do it. I'll do an intro. You ready? Welcome back to Australia's first and dedicated streetcar podcast. And who have we got here on the line? Describe yourself. Here we go, fellas. It's Daddy He's the captain of Datsun and uh, owner of a pretty cool Datsun 1600, I must say. And describe what you do for a living. Pretty rough, Datsun 1600. We'll look cool, all right? Uh, what do I do? I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I'm a little fuel all around New South Wales, mate. So we tried to do the phone call yesterday from actual Dunny Do, hey? I oh, know. The only spot I can get much reasonable service on that road, on the normal road I travel on, is Dunny Do. And I thought, I said, this would be pretty cool. Like, yeah, we are a bunch of Dunny Do parking bay. But it didn't happen. <laughs> Technology fucked us really good. And now today I'm down around the uh, Cowra. Cowra, that's uh, the PAW Gardens, the Prisoner of War Gardens. That's it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always used to go to Cowra on the way yeah. to Canberra. So anyway, we're yeah, going down to the border and you have to land down into Sydney for me. Yes. <laughs> you know what yes sounds like? Your ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, you're obviously our uh, our captain of all things Datsun, and you are the owner of that cool 1600. So, can you tell us a bit about that Datsun? No worries. Yeah, well, um, when did I, I bought it? I think nearly 15 years ago. I had I had my previous white one, and um, everybody rallied and done all the rest of the things for the fire. I think it was looking pretty second-handed. Um, pulled off the road to a rebuild with a bunch of and. In the process of that, I found a heap of rust in it, and I was in the sand, and I was looking for a bubble bar or a few on different boots, and I was delivering fuel back there, living in Dubbo, and I was out around the back, while I was used to do farm buildings, which means you got to see a lot of cool cars, you know, old cars, sitting in sheds, and, you know, rubbish heaps and all the rest of it. And I've been to this farm previously, probably for the last, you know, five or six years, and never seen this thing, but I was delivering one day, and there was a main shed behind the fuel tank, like a main farm shed, and I was going to leave to off the side of it, well, 
at some stage the wind had blown the roof off the lean to, I was sitting there looking, I thought, gee, that looks like a Datsun 1600 bubble bar. So I was wandered over to the shed, and here's this Datsun 1600. Complete as it was finished its last rally, just obviously the Condo 750 had been pushed into the shed and left there. And they've been there at that stage for 10 years. And I thought, let's have a direction to find a bumble bar. I wonder if I'll make what's the film bar, because I won't get to afford the whole car. So we uh, carried this on the paper when I finished, and I sort of knew it got on really pretty well. I said, what are you doing with our Datsun? Do you want to sell the bumble bar? He said, no, no, he said, I can sell you the whole car. <laughs> oh, here we go. Five, six, seven thousand dollars just that. I didn't have a look at the path on it, but at that time, I had a roll going down to trip my resort, the rest of that stuff, and it was just literally my park. And he said, oh, I really want $1,500 for it. Oh, really? I said, I'm going to bring out that much, but I don't know why I want to look at it, I'll take it. He talked you down. Yeah, it was with $1,500 in the pocket, and I couldn't get this in the bar. I said, oh, it's been 10 years, probably back in the... Would you find a server in Oh, yeah, I suppose. And he goes, has got a few unique features. Um, it's one of the very few Japanese cars that come out with independent rear suspension. So what year model? So these things come out with independent rear suspension in what year? Uh, 
Well, mine's a very personal. Mine's what they call it. It's a like early important one. So mine's 1958. They had independent rear suspension in 1958. So they had independent rear suspension. They had front disc brakes and a four on the floor. Like back then, that was, you know, pretty dumb. You know, sort of therapy, that was, you know, getting right up there. You know, it, it, it only, it only the, took hold yeah, until 1998 to catch up. It only took hold until 1998 to catch up. That's right. And, and you know what? So it's still got the <laughs> L- So you've still got the L eighteen engine in it? Yeah, it's still got the original L eighteen. I haven't had to head off that motor since I picked it up the paddle paddle. It's it's untouched. The whole drive line, except the only thing I took out of it was after I brought it, I realised it had a four five eight litre which meant with a That's right. If you were to look at the price of a set of twin Webers today and everything, and yeah. be say you're talking about fifteen hundred bucks for the car, man, you want to triple that and and, and then walk it. Um, it was yeah. it, something you reminded me of. That these cars were an overhead cam car too. They must have been one of the first domestic imported cars to have an overhead cam as well. They're a brilliant little car. The Datsun sixteen hundred, eh? They were, yeah, they were. Yeah. They're, they're pretty robust. Yeah, you can do some terrible things to them, mate. I gave them the my cousin's got a GDR Godzilla, whatever that is, some sort of thing, and he races it at Bathurst, and he, he's quite fast. <laughs> I remember in about 2016, he got smoked by some local Bathurst guys in a Datsun 1600. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, 
They must have been some pretty fast guys. <laughs> oh, I think it had a FA. What FA? What's the FA engine or the FJ engine? Oh, uh, F- I think it had that in it with like six or seven hundred horsepower. So to, to be fair to him, yeah. But I remember him sending me a text. Fuck these cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, he's there in a hundred twenty thousand dollar car. Yeah, to get my photos out now and check how the wipers operated on my dad's in 1600. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> you monster. Well, that, that, but, has that has a tail. That has a tail lock. The tail lock's narrow on the 58, so we couldn't put the... I'd have really missed it at 71 tail lock, and I couldn't use them without yeah, cutting the back panel out and modifying it and so on. A little, only a couple of weeks ago, spent a few years, a couple of months ago, spent a bit of money and got some off eBay. A decent set of the tail lock. You might as well crack and perish from that. Because the back end of the tail was sitting out Exposed like in this lean to shed, and so the only really bit of rust that's got is around the boot rubbers, like around where the um, you know, the boot rubber sits, the sits in that little bit of a channel. There's a little bit of rust in those channels there, but it's got really solid floor, but there's none in the roof. You know, normal 600 you can put your pizza everywhere, but this is extremely tight, which makes you think that it's been around after a long time. Because yeah, right. some days, some of them cut the headlights out of it, believe it or not, and put like driving lights in there by the look of it. And then when it's gone back to TRC rules, which is production rally car, we had to be pretty standard, they blocked roughly a set of normal headlights back in it, which I've got to rectify one day. You can't tell by looking at it from the front, but if you look at mine, you can probably go, Wow, Stevie Wonder done well. The reason I do love your Datsun so much is because I've had many Datsun 1600s. I think my last count, I had five. Um, the night of my 21st yep. birthday, me and my great friend Gus Rorick were out at uh, Capity and the publican, we ordered a keg for our, uh, his and I our 21st together, so we ordered a keg and he goes, oh look, it's going to be a couple of hours, I said, oh, we might go for a drive down the Turon River. So uh, Gus and I and two girls, we took my 1600 down the river. That car never come back. <laughs> we used to play this thing in, um, <laughs> you know, we talk about tar babies. You and I talk about tar babies. We used to play this game when we were driving. Yeah. So uh, I'll be driving or my mate will be driving and you've got to do the three, two, one break. So the other guy counts you in. So you come pissing through a quarter. I'm talking like. 60 miles an hour, <laughs> you know, you know, we all know what it's about. So you come piss in a corner and your mate yeah. goes, three, two, one, break. And so he has to talk you onto the brakes. If you go to the brakes before him, then you're just a pussy little faggot. Or if he counts you in too late, his news are off in the fucking farm. So it's such a cool way to learn oh, to drive. Yeah. yeah, such a cool way to learn to drive. Eh? And, and um, yeah, we put that Datsun, luckily it had a roll cage. We put that Datsun on its roof at about... 70 miles an hour down the Turon. It never come back. 
Great 21st birthday oh, present to myself. Man. But aren't they a really brilliant little car on the dirt, man? Seriously, they are such a top little car. I had to Gemini as well. Something that I always used to say to my mates, I'm, I'm not sure about the geometry, but a Gemini steering returns to center. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know what it's about. But when you're peeling down a dirt road in Gemini and you're at opposite lock, the thing seems to return to center easier, whereas the Datsun, you have to really, really steer it. But that's all part of the charm, really, isn't it? I think they fixed that. Like mine, mine doesn't do that so much because I think it's a car steering wheel The other question I've got to ask you is when I come down, will you take me for driving it? Oh, I promise I will treat it like it's my own. <laughs> no, um, when I was coming back from the summer nets, so I, uh, I stopped at a pie shop near your place and I, I took a photo and I posted and you went, hey, that's right near my place. Man, it was only 45 minutes from us a, a, a meeting. It was I was just too early and you were too late. We are going to do it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it worked in the way of fun sometimes, doesn't it? It didn't quite happen, but yeah, that was, uh, we'll, we'll catch up one day. Especially yeah. now that we, uh, yeah, we know you're coming down to the Vietnam again. <laughs> For Brett Abraham, it's going to be the second most fun I've had in a car since <laughs> Tough 253. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a story. This is going to be epic. <laughs> oh, man. Brett Abraham is going to have to be. He's a really nice place, and his ears are going to bleed. <laughs> He's going to have to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> what, um, so... <laughs> so tomorrow, I win the lotto, or you win the lotto. What's the plan with the Datsun from there? You know, I wouldn't change the lot. I've, I've got a five-thirty going in it, which I've heard you've got this few times, and you've basically got it right most of the time. I've got what they call a dog-leaf five-thirty going in it. Now, they're not strong as possible. You wouldn't run the high end of the horse down from the Datsun Lotto, I know, but... They just too cool not to run, you know, with the shit pattern where first is over where second on the years and yeah, you know, so I bought my little form maybe years ago. That would go in it. I wouldn't change a lot. I'm definitely getting the body just nice. Like I'm I just like a I'm not talking about show quality, just a nice even colour. Probably give it a bit of a burst out of the hood line you made some carpet. And that is that is it. But then money was no object, I look at that one that, I don't know if you've seen it, there's one that a Daphne six hundred that Brendan Reeves has built. And it's probably one of the nicest rally seats I've ever seen. You know, it's full house. Just, I can't remember if uh, it's got an SR20 or a Toyota 24 or something else. Quentin Box is just like. And it's, yeah, a, it's a race yeah, car? I'll have one of both. <laughs> what, um, with the, with the five speed in the dog leg five speed, is that a Stanza gearbox? Because I remember being in the Stanza. We might have a 1.8 litre Stanza. What was the Stanza S pack? What's the good yeah, Stanza? Oh, uh, that would just. 
it's a pretty packed. I think there wasn't much still on my power was, but I, I think that stands as Adam. Um, they really came the one eighty three triple X. Remember that little kit? The one eighty three triple X. Yes, that's it. Yep, yep. Yeah, they came out with them first. I think that would have been the first one with them. The two hundred B triple X kit, that two of um, two hundred B kit. They had them stanzas, and I think that might have been it. That apparently they're not real strong. Like the yeah, if you get a really good one, there's a lot of option box which had a one to one fifth year. They were like fifty dollars out of a you know rally box. No one you know for them buy them so. Uh, too often. The ones we mainly see the ones that are coming out of the standards and buy any of the triple S's 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 and buy any of I've spoke to your boss. Opinions vary. <laughs> hey, is your um, is your Kenworth, is your, is your Kenworth got a, uh, a road range or is she the old auto? No, no, we've um, I've sort of road range. We we had a we had a big fleet of autos for, for a long time. When I first started nine years ago, every truck in the fleet was automatic because the boss has just learned to drive and so he just he got into a bit of truck driving. He liked to have a steer every now and then. He he wasn't real great with the manual, so. Uh, we had all automatics, and now we've only got one automatic left in the fleet. And I, I was in it last week for a couple of weeks, and it was, ugh. you know, you got the hill and the time to move on to change gears and go from north to second and neutralise on you. Now, give me a stick any day, so all over back to back to road ranges now. We had um, Bruce Howie on the other day, uh, the the uh, as a moot rocket, and he's describing the Jericho gearbox. Oh, you. Yeah, he's, and I'm like. Every single truck driver ever is listening to this podcast going, what's a biggie? <laughs> <laughs> no, synchromesh. I've seen them change their things, though, and I think they're different to a road road. Like, road road is more for this, you know. Well, those are just things to be like, bang, and just pull them through. And I'm just, yeah, for a stroke, Alex. That's hard That's pretty, uh, pretty cool. What got you into cars? Are you a, is your dad a car guy or your mum, or where'd you get? how'd you get into cars? Uh, yeah, I suppose we were. Like, we had HQ and that when, when we were kids and, um, on the HQ wagon out for years and go all the way down with Dad and watch Mathis and then, um, Mum and Dad got bought and the stepfather was in it and, uh, he had, he had trucks. So, I, I sort of started an apprenticeship as a diesel mechanic and, um, just hanging around trucks and cars and always bought street and they were in the over year 10 and sort of from about year 10 I suppose at school. We had to read a book every day when we went to roll call. So, yeah. Rally cars, and they were all group 3 rally cars. 
I think he's in the yeah, right. I, to be, I, I think he's in yeah, the right. To be honest, um, funny thing that you just mentioned the driving light. So everybody in North Queensland needs four hundred light bars. So you know them light bars; they look terrible, man. I really like round driving lights. Just from that rally from. Um, you know, from Possum Vaughan, from uh, UR Kankin and all these guys. I really love the look of round yeah. driving lights, and especially yeah. white CB Oscars or white 4000 Hellers, man. That's something that – it's a styling that I really it, enjoy. You really have a driving lights on the road? That's what I tell That's what you should have. It, it should be no other option. It should be round CBAs or Heller 4000 um, – what are those big Hellers, you know? That would be one of that one. And, you know, you've got Full rally car that I bought in in Lithgow, actually in Bathurst, and um, it had four lights on it. And I'll never forget this. We were we were doing laps, you know, like Macca's Nats here one night, whatever everyone's doing laps, and this guy's got a really nice Strail 8 Tron, a beautiful paint, everything, just tar baby, the exact fucking guy that I hated back then. So he pulls up and he's, but it's got a gear drive, it's got a massive holly, it's got everything going. I pull up in this little fucking Escort RS2000, and he points across and goes, your fucking driving lights have got more horsepower than your engine. <laughs> Cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, I was like having Jake brakes. You put, you, put, you put the headlights on, I was like, Jake brakes. But um, certainly learning to drive and doing a lot of driving on the dirt in New South Wales, I think that is the way to learn to drive, man. I loved it. I still love driving on dirt. So I'm I'm 47 years old. I've got a, just a VESS, whatever. If the chance comes, oh, I went to a wedding the other day and used my car, and man, it was about a 5k dirt road in, and my friend, she had her car there as well, so it was two SS's for our, for our other mate's wedding, I just rounded her up on the dirt, man, and drove like a complete fuckwit, and the uh, owners of the property sent a mate a ma- message, tell, you, tell your mate the Blue Commodore he's not welcome anymore, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> my work here's done, <laughs> fuck you anyway. Ooh, you but, kicked out, you know, but honestly, driving on dirt, <laughs> driving on dirt, it's so much fun. Eh? I still enjoy it. Yeah, it is, and it does. It takes you so much, you know, when you're driving. Oh, and I'm, and I'm, the, uh, the and I think it even applies to the motorbike. You even dirt bike a lot. It's easy to adapt to a road bike. Like you make like on dirt bike, or pretty quick on a dirt bike, or put on a dirt bike. 
I think he's more road rider too because he don't get as worried with the bike moving around and shifting one or else, you know, whereas if you get a, you know, the same with the car, if the car flies on a, you know, a bit of a wet patch on the road, you're not going to panic and do something silly. You've done it a hundred times on the dirt, but it's certainly, yeah, certainly teaching you, isn't it? I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. One of our greatest ever motorcyclists, Mick Dillon said very, very similar things, man. He he said the exact same thing. He, he learned to ride on dirt, and that's what gave, gave him the skill. Yep. You might have heard of him, Mick Dillon. He won like six fucking <laughs> MotoGP championships. <laughs> man, you watch some old stuff oh, on Mick Dillon. Oh, Mick, seriously, fuck. And it was on NSR 500, man, something that is not very fucking... Valentino Rossi's still in his bedroom oh. crying, why did I get to ride the NSR? Because you're not Mick Dillon, Valentino. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but um, obviously... Let's talk about the most one of the most beautiful motorcycles I've ever seen, and you own it. Please tell us about your bike, man. It's fucking beautiful, that Zed. <laughs> The Z, the Z, I was there by the Kawasaki. And I've, I've always wanted one since fucking Mad Max, you know. <laughs> but maybe the bike is Mad Max, is good as what the cars are, you know. When the bike does a big, you know, big donut in front of the main street and doesn't barely have a donut, you know. Yeah. Yeah. On his, on his, even Z Bears, I think there's four more of them Z Bears, you know. Oh, yeah, so I'm the other. I've always wanted one. I think there's a tow car, really. Okay. Is that the toe cutter that does the burnout? Oh, I can't remember who yeah, was the other burnout, but it was, it was a big burnout. It was just like the big round circle and then the line through the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the um, toe cutter, yep. Yeah, and we brought the broad couple. Yeah, we brought the broad couple for the stake. And, um, he, 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 he didn't do much of one, and he was going to wreck the other one. He was just going to like, cut it up and turn it all. Man, which would have been cool in itself, but it's a 7-4 of them. I don't know if it's just a little bit of how it is. I haven't really thought it's just a rough old run, but I'll just do a little different pieces. Like, we went for a ride on the weekend, and we did 500 on K's, ran through the backboard, and muggy back and got off the ground. And, yeah, yeah, it took a while, Mike. I blew a fuse, and then two K's losing the survey from home, and <laughs> cut all the power, and, and get out into the fuse box, get it going again, and then later on, the bleachers stopped working, and then we'll go on, but the speedo needles, you know, go on top of the minus 30 K now, then the needle fell off the speedo, and end up at the bottom of the speedo, and go, one thing that I really, really yeah, yeah. love about that bike, and I think you posted a video of it, can you tell us about that funny little lever that's on the right-hand side of it? Oh, the Kickstarter, yeah. Seriously, yeah, a 1,000cc motorcycle. That ain't for no pussy, man, seriously. Jeff Ballard would see yeah. that and go, yeah, that ain't no pussy. <laughs> do you want Yes. Give me... A Kickstarter Z900 over a single cylinder P3600 or something like that any day of the week. <laughs> so much easier to start. <laughs> the funny thing is... I've been... I've got a leg broken by these signals when they're trying to kick back. But so far, touch wood, I can start the Z900 song. You just go out there. Well, actually, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. I only discovered the first time I'm drunk. I was like, I've never been enough to even try. Well, I don't know. It's like, you don't kick out with Yeah, 900... Anyway, uh, we're having a few beers as you do one. I was the most place of um, uh, not Safala. There's the next place is Safala and Coach Safala and Bathurst. Uh, uh, nowhere. There you go. Kelso. Yeah, exactly. Kelso. <laughs> little, little town there. No, no, no. I'm, I'm the back road of Safala. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had a
I just love the fact that it's got a Kickstarter. I've got a, uh, a nephew, Nigel, and he's a big boy. He's uh, probably six foot four and probably about 120 kilos. But when he was uh, little, he was, you know, he was, he was 12, 13 years old. His dad had a Ballard XR630, my brother. And so he's like, yep. Dad, Dad, I want to ride this bike. I want to ride this bike. And I'd, and Robert, my brother, he's like, well, as soon as you can kickstart it, mate, you can fucking ride it. I swear. About 15 minutes later, the fucking thing's running. Got it going, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years old, kickstarting. It was in my, yeah. It was in my grandpa's And he's only a start it than it is to um to get it going i remember we went to a motocross yep. at uh appen there used to be a motocross track at appen have you been to that track no i haven't no. Uh, i was probably about 1998 we went to appen motocross and my mate avard he uh mick avard he was sponsored by ballard back then <laughs> i remember there was a guy in the car park uh and he had a husky back then a husky was like man that things was sixteen thousand dollars back then and so if you had a husky, you were like, you were you were pretty much the man or whatever. And but you know what he's telling with a fucking Volvo. So he had a Volvo and the husky's guy's got no chance. And on about, the se- on about the second last lap, Mick cleaned his clock, just absolutely come through and just wiped him out or whatever. So come back to the pits. I'm mechanic for Mick. We come back to the pits. So Mick comes rolling in through the pits. I think he came third or fourth. So, so <laughs> I've grabbed hold of the bike and I see this guy come running up to fight him. I think, God, the Volvo, the Volvo um, Husky rider. I see him. I'm trying to hold Mick's helmet on. I'm like, leave your helmet on. He's like, what? He's fucked. He's just done it like a 15-minute motor. Leave your helmet on. He's like, what? <laughs> Both big fucking blue in the car park. Good, good times, eh? Absolutely good time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Kurt, you get out of my life. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> 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 later on, when we're going home, he saying, fuck, you made me leave my helmet on. That really hurt. <laughs> hey, um, because this is a mud rocket and this is our legend of lunchtimes, man, I need to get back to work. Yeah, mate. <laughs> but this one is way... But this one is way better than the last silly one we've done. You know what? I'm, I might release the silly one to iTunes... Because it was really funny, eh? We, we never even spoke about your car last time. We just spoke about fucking shit. Oh, that was, that, that was hilarious. I was just, that's what I'm saying. We actually talked about the car. I don't know. It was entertaining. It was fairly funny. Hey, I've got, to, I've got to bail, bro. But um, 
thank you very much and I'll um I'll get this off to Simon and we'll tune this up and we'll get this released, man. Um and I'll be down in November. Sure, Are we gonna have a pie? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you got to do the line. Man. Come on, you got to do the line for me. Which one? <laughs> well, you're a truck driver. It says on your license, multi combination. So you got to do the line oh, for me. Do- no, come on. No, I'm not going for food. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going. Oh, okay. I'm going to move on. Yeah, I'm going to coffee. I'm going to coffee. I to told you. There you go. I told you. <laughs> come on, do it. Do it. Well, I'm not saying I'm going for food. That's just for all our truck drivers there. Anyway, oh. I'm going for a shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'll text you later. I'm going to go out and have a shit. <laughs> right there, John. I thank you, brother. Give my love to your family, man. Right. Okay, sad, bud. All right, you too, sir. And that wraps us up for today, folks. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And a special thanks to our guest stars, Ross, Bruce, and John, for coming on and sharing their Milk Rocket stories. We'll catch you later.